2: Betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on B CEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: We continue Betting Across America. Presented by Bet MGM. Dave Ross here at Circus Sports. Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, we got some good action going right now in college football. UAB, those Blazers that you pointed out here, Wes, already up on BYU 7-0. And it's just before half. 22 ticks to go there. Fresno State. Is trailing 17 16 to the minors. So again, we'll talk about some adjusted lines as they come, Wes, but boy, the dogs having a day early.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dylan Hopkins, by the way, went 7-7 seven to seven on that drive for UAB, 7 to nothing Midway through the first quarter, uh, BYU now minus 1.5, 51.5 on the total. We know UAB, that was kind of, uh, you know, Mike was talking about that they needed UAB. It might have been a little pros versus Joe situation because when BYU got under a touchdown, you got to think that they got a lot of support. Mm-hmm. They're obviously a very known commodity here in Las Vegas. So currently 7 to nothing in that one. Other major bowl game going on is the New Mexico. Bowl and 17 to 16 UTEP Fresno State now into UTEP territory at 18 seconds left to go. I'm on the miners and the points. Took a little sprinkle on the money line as I do with all these dogs. So if that money line gets there, I'm going to be like Marty Robbins, Dave. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with the Mexican girl. Of course, a uh, famous country song from one Marty Robbins. Uh, two bowl games by the way, already final. And that was Western Kentucky over Appalachian State. We did have some history today. Bailey zappy the quarterback of western kentucky sets two records today the all-time passing yards record breaking bj simmons record from texas tech and also the touchdown record for most touchdown passes over one joe burrow Uh, just 60 touchdown passes over 60 touchdown passes in a season is ridiculous so that was the final score in the boca raton bowl we also did have the celebration bowl in atlanta swack versus meack Prime Prime had a very good week on the recruiting trail, but not so much on the football field today. South Carolina State over Jackson State is an underdog. 31 to 10 wins outright.
3: I always enjoy the musical stylings of Wes. won Wes Reynolds. You never know what you're going to get from Wes. That's why I enjoy it so much. Let's talk a little college basketball very quickly, Wes here, and we got some games getting ready to tip here. Georgia Tech against USC. Uh, very interesting here. SC right now, I believe about eight and a half point favorites against the Ramblin' wreck. What do you make of this matchup, Les?
2: Yeah, and I did take Georgia Tech here a, a little bit at at I got nine, but eight and a half I think is still worth it. And I usually on these dogs like the split half and half first half in game. So first half you could be getting still about four and a half pretty much in the market. You look at USC and they're undefeated, but one of the things that that have been living right for USC and it, guys is they're only surrendering about 27.5% in terms of an outside shooting clip. That eventually is going to regress to the mean. Georgia Tech now is not a team that takes a lot of three pointers because they have a wing in Michael DeVoe and they like to get Michael DeVoe going to the basket. One of the most improved scores in Division 1, 22.1 points a game. Probably is going to get some clean looks from the arc here. USC, you know, they don't really hound the perimeter. They kind of, you know, let you take those shots and just Just teams are missing them so far. Georgia Tech, I think, has also good size. It's going to challenge a big USC team on the glass, probably slowing the game down. I don't think Passner is going to want to necessarily run with Andy Enfield's guys who are a little bit more athletic, but I think they're going to try to make this a half-court game and force the Trojans not to play full court and have to rely on half-court sets. Josh Passner runs a 1-3-1 zone, so that's kind of a tricky thing to go against, especially when you're an interior-reliant unit. So, you got a Georgia tech team that is coming off three straight losses, albeit to very quality teams including Wisconsin and North Carolina.
3: All right, we'll get back out there to Wes Reynolds at Mandalay Bay, so obviously you're having some technical difficulties there. We'll catch up with him very, very soon. Right now, BYU, by the way, down 7 nothing. as Wes was mentioning against uh, against UAB. They are driving right now, five minutes to go here in the Independence Bowl, so we'll Keep an eye on that. We mentioned UTEP against Fresno State. Nine seconds to go back before halftime there. This is the upset so far of the day. Double-digit uh, dogs were the minors with Jake Hayner getting that start at quarterback. They're reviewing a play right now, which could take away possible points for UTEP before the end of the half. So we'll keep you updated there as well. And also UFC Fight Night right here in Las Vegas at UFC Apex. They're getting ready to start their main card here. And, again, I hope you've been watching uh, First Strike right here on VEASAN. Of course, you can also watch it on YouTube TV. Giving out a lot of winners uh, in the last couple weeks here on that program. And, again, some of the plays, uh, underdog scenario that I kind of like today, Macy Chason taking on Rocky Pennington in this one. Uh, I do like the underdog there in Macy Chason. And then, again, in the main uh, – co-main event, rather – Bilal Muhammad, remember the name, a uh, plus-195 betting underdog right now against the Wonderboy, Stephen Thompson. I think you might have a live dog scenario there with Bilal Muhammad. Again, this is a three-round fight as a a non-title fight. And again, the over juiced heavily to two-and-a-half to the over there. I do think it's the type of fight that should go the distance. And I do think you can find value here at Bilal Muhammad getting that plus-195. And then earlier we have Cub Swanson. About a minus 195, minus 200 betting favorite uh, against Darren the Damage Elkins right now. And I do like the plus money here on the underdog as well. So you can find some value there in the UFC with that main event uh, getting ready to get underway. So again, and we do have one NFL game that will go on today. This game is going to be played. Uh, Certainly, we're happy to see that with all the other cancellations that we've seen in the NFL, at least postponements here uh, for a Saturday game between the Raiders and the Browns. That game obviously has been moved to Monday, but this game will be kicking off in Indianapolis again tonight at Lucas Oil Stadium. And you see right now, and again, we talked about it with Mike Perrano, we talked about it with Steve Berline in the first hour. This line move has been significant to that of the Indianapolis Colts here. Open up the week with the Patriots laying two and a half, and now it's the Colts that are laying that exact same number. So a five-point swing here. And Wes Reynolds has played this game money line for Indianapolis. And I think that's a very smart and astute play by Wes because you you don't want to get trapped in a situation. We always talk about closing line value and taking the the, the bad number. You don't want to necessarily hop on that number if you think you've lost the value in the Colts. Because, again, earlier in the week, the Colts were getting 2.5, and and now you're giving 2.5. So if you like the Colts, at minus 135, maybe the play is there is the money line. Because you want to be like, man, I already missed the window on that number to Wes's point. And that is why he is playing the money line in this one. I did get it earlier in the week here a couple times when the Colts were still one-point favorites and and one-and-a-half-point favorites here. So I feel confident with that. But if it goes up to three, I don't think that that's a wise investment of your dollar because you've really lost any potential closing line value there. You see the numbers ATS. And the Patriots right now, by the way, they were at one point two and four ATS. And they were also two and four straight up. They have won seven straight games, not just to the number, but outright as well. So right now, if you been cashing in tickets here, week in and week out for seven straight weeks here, almost two straight months on the Patriots. I don't know that that's going to happen today. I do lean to Indianapolis. But again, check out those numbers and why they've moved so dramatically. And actually – if you if really do still are leery about the, the Patriots in the spot, but you, you think it's going to be a close game, this is where a teasable scenario comes into play here because now you'd really be extrapolating that that closing line value by taking them through that key number of seven and taking the Patriots plus eight and a half. Now, again, you got to find a willing dance partner here in a two-teamer a six-point tease here. There are plenty of plays on the Sunday gra- uh, grade grade that I actually like here, Wes Reynolds and I will talk about that tomorrow on the Green Zone. But again, if you're going, boy, now it's too good to be true, but it's still under a field goal, so how do I play the Patriots? A possible play there that I would recommend is find them in a two-leg tease, six-point tease, and tease them up through that number of seven and take them at eight-and-a-half today uh, before that game kicks off. Then again, you just got to find that dance partner to match them with on a Sunday. And also, the side – uh, uh, the total rather of that game is at 45. And I think at first glance all week, I thought, well, it just feels like a dead underplay, right? Jonathan Taylor running clock. Reminder Stevenson's going to get the start here at running back for the Patriots. You would think low risk. We saw that with Mac 10 against Buffalo, where they just did not want him to make any mistakes in the wind. I don't think that game script is going to be at all the same today at Lucas oil stadium, obviously controlled environment indoors, We've seen Bill Belichick do this historically. Where one week, his game plan comes out, and it looks completely different. They've had a week off off also to prepare for this. Watch the game script to be a little bit more wide open from the Patriots' side on offense. I do think this game is is going to lack in punts, and what I mean by that is I think you're going to see a lot of this between the 20s here today between the Colts and the Patriots. So to me, I think it's a sneaky overplay, and right now BetMGM at 45, and that number has danced around there. I, I believe it was a little bit higher early in the week, came down some, so I actually think you're getting a little bit of some closing line value here at 45 for the Patriots and in, in the Colts game to go over. As long as Carson Wentz doesn't turn it over in the red zone, I do think it's a, a smart money line play on the Colts, and I do think there's a slight lean there uh, to the over here with the Patriots and the Colts uh, this evening. Let's look at one game tomorrow. It is my Dallas Cowboys. I say my as if I played for the team. But I do look at them at 11 and a half. This number's going up. I got it earlier in the week when it was at 10, 10 and a half for the Cowboys, and now it's at 11 and a half. Ooh, Not a lot of value there anymore. Right now the Cowboys have been a dead underplay. Okay, that's the way they've played the last couple of games. Even getting all of those turnovers in winning at Washington, in winning at New Orleans. But the offense has been stuck on neutral for the Cowboys. Watch and see if Pollard plays. If Pollard plays, the Cowboy offense is completely different than when it has to be Zeke running the load and carrying the load here because I call him now rather – he's basically a glorified fullback at this point. Zeke doesn't seem to have the big play potential that this offense needs that Pollard brings. So, again, while the Cowboys have been a really good number, ATS, they still covered against new orleans they still covered against the washington football team barely but they did cover in those spots if this thing gets up to 12 12 and a half it's a pass for me but i did play the cowboys earlier in the week because even with the offensive deficiencies this defense is playing so much better so to me it's back down to 11 10 and a half hop on the cowboys if not it might be a pass come on back it's betting across america right here on leeson the sports betting network.
1: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Betting
2: Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current bet, betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Money line over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. I look up. My goodness, UAB, the Blazers, back in the end zone. 14 nothing. UAB, the fighting Bill Clarks over BYU. Wes, not a surprise to you, but a surprise to many.
2: Yeah, we talked about that. That this team was going to be motivated. UAB was going to be ready to play Ooh. from the get-go. Whether they were going to get outmatched was kind of what was begging the question. But right now, they are absolutely not outmatched. BYU very sleepy. A lot of these big favorites in these bowl games have been sleepy early. And right now, 14 to nothing, still in the first quarter. Blazers minus six and a half, 53 and a half on the total. We also have another game at halftime. That's in Albuquerque, the New Mexico Bowl. Fresno State 19, UTEP 17. Fresno. Gets- it's a field goal here at the gun to take the first half lead, so first half money line doesn't get there. If you had the miners, they did cover the number, but currently at BetMGM, minus four and a half for the in game, so basically minus two and a half for the second half, and also 26 and a half on the total, so that would make it 62 and a half, so uh, look, UTEP right in the game, another motivated underdog. This closed 13 and a half Fresno State lane, and now, and also the total was 54 and a half, so now you're looking at Fresno State, minus four for the second half, so basically minus six for the game, so I think you got to feel pretty solid if you're on the minors in the big number.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and again, uh, USC fight night is also underway. I gave out three dogs there, Wes, we'll see how those plays go as the afternoon goes, but I do want to go back to the NFL very quickly, Wes, and because, look, we talked a lot about Irvin Meyer, and I told you earlier in the week, I got the bad number here. I took the Texans plus three and a half, and then Irvin, gets fired from Duval, he gone. And now that he's gone, you've seen this number go as high as five, five and a half in some places here. You do feel like right now that the Jags have to be as motivated as they've been. It feels like a rebirth potentially for the uh, former number one pick overall in Trevor Lawrence here. Is there a way now that the value might be gone though? And and go, wait a minute, now it's getting too high at five. Or do you think that's still a a good number, even though that's traditionally a flat number at five?
2: Yeah, I'd lean to the former there and in, in the question that you asked, uh, Dave. And look, on Wednesday night, you know, a lot of the times it's not what you bet, it's when you bet it, and it's about timing the market. And that's kind of the toughest thing for a sports better. I don't care whether you're a novice. You know, or better without a lot of experience, or somebody that's been doing this thirty, forty years. A lot of it is timing, and what I did, it was just take a number because I saw that news, and there were still some shops out there that had three minus a dollar twenty, three minus a dollar twenty-five, a lot of three and a halves, and then all of a sudden I saw. Uh... All
3: right, get back to Wes Reynolds there in just a little bit at Mandalay Bay. Obviously having some technical difficulties, but to Wes's point, I got the number. Without the knowledge that we thought, I didn't know that Urban Meyer is going to get fired this week. I thought maybe they'd wait at least one more week. So that's where, to his point about timing is everything in this market. So again, I'm stuck with that three and a half. I'm saddled with it. I'm not going to now dig in further. To me, as as a guy that backed the Texans when they were getting three and a half against Urban Meyer, my rationale back then was this team had quit on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And by the way, we're going to have Matt Hayes join us in the next segment. Matt is down in Jacksonville. We always ask Matt about Herb, uh, and now that he has gone, I do wonder the tone and tenor of not just that locker room but that city. So, again, that's how you try to handicap these things. Again, that number is up to five here at BetMGM. And, again, before Urban Meyer was fired, it was around three and a half. Another significant line move that I want to bring to your attention is what we're seeing in Pittsburgh in the Steel City between the the Titans and the Steelers. Now, earlier in the week, the Steelers, and I got this number then, they were getting two at home against Tennessee. This number has gone through zero now to where the Steelers are now a a one-and-a-half-point favorite here at BetMGM, so do the math there. That's a a three-and-a-half-point closing line value here if you're a backer of the Steelers, and you got them at plus two. That's a very interesting game because Bud Dupree – I just saw today has been activated off the injured list for the Titans as a really gifted linebacker and a guy who might have a little bit of revenge on the brain against his former team in Pittsburgh. It's not a line mover, obviously, and not many linebackers are, but just something to note here. So I like the Steelers better at plus two, obviously, would not play that number now because that value is gone, but this is something that you see guys like Wes that are shrewd in this market do. When they see this line, after they got the quote-unquote better number earlier in the week, if you still like the Steelers, this is where you give up maybe the small number here on the money line and and give a little bit of a a small minus number instead of playing the straight-up minus a point and a half. And that way, you still feel better if you feel like your side is right, your handicap is right on the Steelers, but you don't give up that closing line value. Maybe that's a way you want to think about playing the Steelers If you like them, I talked about this earlier, too, in that same scenario with the Patriots. If you like the Titans now, okay, well, you're really going to love them if you tease them through that number of seven, because now at the beginning of the week, when you're get when you're giving to there's no teaser scenario there that makes sense. If you're a Tennessee backer now, that door is open because now you're getting a point and a half year bet MGM. So I mentioned if you if you didn't like the Patriots earlier laying the two and a half and now you go now they're getting two and a half. You may have just found your dance partner with the best closing line value possible. So in a six-point tease there, you can get the Patriots at plus eight and a half, and now the Tennessee Titans at plus seven and a half. So for two games that open up as as road favorites, now with the teaser scenario, you're getting over a touchdown in each one of those games. So just some food for thought out there if you're really trying to maximize your potential of a win in a teaser scenario. That's where closing line value, you really want to look at it and hunt for it. You can shop for it and find it in those two spots. A dog game of the week feels like Arizona against Detroit, right? Arizona's coming off that bad loss against the Rams in a game they could have very easily won, but Kyler Murray did not put his best foot forward. Now they have the short week. They go to Detroit. It's the fighting kneecaps, the biting kneecaps of Dan Campbell. They've only got one win of the year. You lay the 12, right? Not so fast. Now it's up to 12 and a half. Well, I kind of like Detroit in this spot. To me, again, I'm getting better closing line value with each passing day as the market keeps saying bet Arizona. So to me, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna wait 24 more hours and see if I can get to 13. If I can get that to 13, and I have played it already at 12 and a half, and I do have the Lions in some six-point teasers here getting over. 18 and a half points and this is something and this is something that I do do on NFL Sundays I am a tease player and so what I'm trying to do here is maximize those line moves in six point Teasers here to get the best possible closing line value So I'm not just getting the six that I'm getting with the teaser scenario, right? I'm getting the line move to my advantage as well And I already indicated how that works in the New England game tonight against Indianapolis and how potentially Tennessee then could be a play there against the Steelers. This is another one where, again, I'm going to take that 18, 18 and a half here. I do have it at 18 and a half. Hope it goes up to 13 and then play the Lions just straight up on that number of 13. I don't know necessarily that they're a live dog to win this game, but if we've learned anything about Dan Campbell, his teams have been excellent against the number this year. Yeah, the pitiful one win, one tie Lions, well over 500 ATS. That should tell you everything you need to know. And right now I look at Arizona coming in on the short week here against Detroit and I go, I don't like where their head's at. And also, no DeAndre Hopkins in this game. So Kyler Murray's best weapon is is gone. So while they've been a good team, ATS as well, nine and four, look at the fight in Dan Campbell's. Eight and five. So basically, to me, there's no scenario that I can back Arizona and lay the 12 and a half. Not with Jared Goff. I know Goffle, I say that a lot. Okay, as long as he doesn't turn it over, this game should be competitive. Give me the 12-and-a-half. Give me the 13. But the better play there to me is to tease Detroit and get even more value at plus 18-and-a-half very quickly. The Buffalo Bills against the Carolina Panthers. Two teams that I've supported throughout this year. Two teams that have royally me off throughout the whole year. Just not happy with these football teams. I have Carolina on an overplay seven and a a They were 3-and-0. That ticket's not going to cash. I also took them on an alternate win run of 8.5. You look at their schedule down the stretch, this is a dead football team. This is an absolutely dead football team. And while the number has gone up to where I don't like backing Buffalo Lane, the 12 and a half, I got him earlier in the week at 11. It looks like Josh Allen is going to go. I was a little skeptical because he's been in a walking boot all week. But I'll tell you this, even if Allen doesn't go, and I'm going to ask our producer, Jacob Roach, to burn this tape I would even support them with Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, I said it. I would even support the Buffalo Bills at 11. Not so much at 12 and a half now that where it's gone. But my initial number that I got, I would actually, and that was my my logic, not thinking that Josh Allen would play, that could I stomach it and hold the nose with Mitch? I could do it because the Carolina Panthers right now are an absolute dead football team. When we come back, Matt Hayes down there in Duval. We'll talk all things Jacksonville and college football. Come on back. It's betting across America right here in Beeson. The sports betting.
2: This is betting across America on v the
3: sports betting network. Save 50% off a VSN V-CIN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today. You also get our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game, For only $39 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. It is betting across America right here in Beason And BYU, there is life after being down 14-0. It is now 14-7. We'll try to get you those adjusted numbers for the live in-game players. And Fresno State did kick a field goal just before halftime. They have a 19-17 lead over UTEP as they get ready to kick off that third quarter. I always say that I try not to play favorites are on Betting Across America. But Matt Hayes is one of my favorites. Check him out. XL Primetime, college football analyst down there in Jacksonville. Always love chatting with Matt. And Matt, before we talk about college football, I got to ask you about Herb Because every week that we have you on, whether it's here or talking NFL in the Green Zone, I always ask you about him. Full disclosure, Matt, I played Houston yeah. early in the week when they were getting three and a half. When Irv was still the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now I feel like Sean Penn, dead man walking. I feel like that bet has no chance to win because I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, is Jacksonville, do they not feel liberated today? I, I think
6: it's somewhat, Dave. I also think it's, it's going to go one of two ways. They'll either feel unbelievably liberated and win like 35 to
3: three,
6: <laughs> or they'll just go completely in the tank and lose like, you know, 20 to six. <laughs> um, my, my guess would be, it's probably going to be, Somewhere closer to the middle. I think they win the game. I think they cover, too. But, but yeah, I think you, you, you've probably lost some money in that game.
3: I think so. And, and Wes, just tell me about the state of, the, of Trevor Lawrence, I think, here. Again, they're laying five now here, BetMGM. Yes, it's normally a flat number, but we understand why that's gone up a point and a half with the news of Urban Meyer. Did, what was their relationship like? Because I know you're close to the ground there in Jacksonville. Was it, a, was it a good relationship? Or is this really now Trevor Lawrence and now he's free and now we're really going to see – the number one overall pick out of Clemson?
6: Well, I mean, first off, I don't think Herb has a good relationship with anyone on or off the field. So that's, that's, you got to lay that as a foundation. So I don't know what kind of relationship, you know, they had, I know professionally, all you got to do is look at the field. And that I've been saying this for weeks is you want to fire Herb for something. I mean, he did a lot of stuff that's worthy of firing, Mm. firing for the complete coaching malpractice of what he's done to Trevor Lawrence and what has happened to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they, you're talking about a guy who every scout I talked to, Dave, said this. This is a generational quarterback. This wow. is a guy that can go in and play at a high level in the NFL for double-digit seasons. A guy that can win a Super Bowl. This is this is as as good a quarterback prospect. Some guys said since since Andrew Luck. One guy even told me since John Elway. Wow. So you get a you get a guy like that, Dave. and You put him in a system that he clearly's not comfortable in from the get. Now, now, granted, they're not that good on the offensive line. They're not that good at receiver. They can't get open. They're a bad team, okay? They were <laughs> 1-15 for a reason. But you still have to put a conceptual offense around him that gets receivers open and that gives him some easy throws early in the season to give him some confidence to allow him to build himself a little bit. He has not had an easy throw from week one, Dave. <laughs> the offense is a poor offense. It's, it's conceptually bad. They can't block. The receivers can't gain separation. They drop balls. They have dropped 20-something balls this year. So he, on, on coaching malpractice alone, Dave, he should have been fired.
3: It's so interesting to me, too, Matt, because they just cleaned house, Shad Khan and company down there in Jacksonville, and brought in Herb and all of his guys. Is it another house cleaning? Are you going to see a, a – we, we don't know who the next head coach is going to be, and you and I can pontificate about that in a second – but is it going to be a whole nother house cleaning? Or is it, could, it, could it be a Notre Dame situation where you lose Brian Kelly, but, but maybe the heir apparent is right there in Duval? Do you think there's any possibility of that? Or is it all new year two coming Dave, up for Trevor Lawrence?
6: Dave, it's a bad staff. It was a bad staff from the get. You know, it was Urban. He hired a couple of guys from college who he knew. And the rest of them were just a, 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 a mismatch of, you know, various NFL assistants who needed jobs. And there was no – there was never any cohesion on the staff. They never, they never worked well together. Um, the best guy on the staff is the D.C. Joe Cullen, who I imagine will at least get a look-see from whoever the next coach is. My, this is just my guess. There's going to be no more of this crazy idea of, of getting this guy or that guy or this assistant or that assistant. My guess is Shad Khan, the owner there with the Jaguars, is going to get the, 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 an experienced NFL coach who has won before and knows how to win games. And if you get a guy like that, they're not keeping anybody. They're gonna get rid of everybody. They might keep Joe Cullen, maybe, who I think has done a pretty good job defensively. They struggled early and then they they realized they couldn't play man. They had to play zone and they got better defensively and, and it helped that defensive line a little more. And I think they're playing pretty well defensively. But other other than Cullen, I don't see anybody keeping their job. I mean, one of their guys, their defensive line coach, Tosh Lapoy, has already said he's leaving. He's gonna coach he's gonna coach at uh, Florida, the Gators. After, after the NFL season. So he's already, already lost him, but he wasn't going to be kept anyway.
3: Start right, with Matt Hayes, XL Primetime College Football Analyst, also covering the NFL down there in Jacksonville because he's got a radio show, and I'm sure those lines have been lit up all week. Okay, very quickly, let's close the book on Herb in Jacksonville. In a nutshell, why did it work at Utah, at, at Florida, at Ohio State, and it did not work at all down there in Jacksonville?
6: I mean, to be fair, it worked at Florida and Ohio state, but it eventually didn't work. You know what I mean? And the reason it eventually didn't work at Florida and didn't work at Ohio state is because herbs problem is he lies, man. He, that there's no other way to put it. And when he lies, he gets himself in problems. He gets himself in situations that he can't get out of. He's a great coach, Dave, a fantastic coach, a championship caliber coach. But when when you can't figure out which lie you told, which person, that becomes a problem because eventually, they eventually it all starts to unravel. It unraveled at Florida, you know. Uh, you know the, the players with the arrests and the problems in the locker room um, and the drugs in the locker room. And then you go to Ohio State and he's enabling a, a you know, a, a wife abu- a wife abuser. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you you can't do things like that and continue to have success. So it would have unraveled badly at Ohio State on the field eventually had had they kept him. Um, and it, it, it got crazy in Jacksonville literally a month into the season. They're on their first bye week. He's in Cincinnati. He doesn't fly home with the team, Dave. Unreal. What NFL coach doesn't fly home with the team? None of that. Then he goes to Columbus. He's in a restaurant. He's dancing with a girl. It's not his wife. And it's on video. And another video comes out. And you're like, what in the world? And it just keeps going and going. Then he says, get he has no idea why the running back was, was benched, James Robinson, who's other than Trevor Lawrence, the best guy on the team. He has no idea why he's not playing, and it comes out that he was the guy who benched him. And, you know, it's just it's just thing after thing after thing, and, and that it just happens with guys like that. When you can't tell the truth, it all eventually comes back and blows up in your face.
3: It's, it's, it's amazing. It, you can't make that up. It sounds like a Netflix, you know, spoof of a head coach in the NFL. Right. But this all happened and you saw it all happen down there in Jacksonville, Matt. And that's why you have a two and eleven football team. Obviously, the other reason. But but I do wonder, have we seen the last of Urban Meyer or do you think he'll get another job in college football?
6: He won't get one in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. And I I don't think he's going to get another power five job. My guess would be, Dave, um, if you get to a point, let's just say like Ryan Day goes to the NFL. And, and, you know, Ohio State's looking for a coach. No. And if they are, all right, all right, no, no, no. And they say, all right, we're going to hire Luke Fickle. So Luke Fickle goes to Ohio State. Would Cincinnati, Irvin's an alum
3: of Cincinnati, would Cincinnati hire him? Maybe, maybe, it's certainly possible. Whoa. That is a very interesting slash plausible scenario. Because I can't I'm imagine, them, right? Because I can't imagine Luke Fickle is going to make his permanent home at Cincinnati. No offense to the fine folks in Ohio. But you actually laid out a pathway that actually could make some sense, correct?
6: Well, I mean, I, I don't think Ryan Day is going to make his home in Columbus forever either. I think Ryan Day is definitely an NFL coach. He'll definitely get there. So, I mean, at that point, then you're Ohio State. Who are you looking for? And if, if Luke Fickle continues to do great things in Cincinnati, he's an alum at Ohio State. He loves Ohio State. Of course, he, he was the interim coach when Jim Trestle was fired. And they had to have an interim coach, at a bridge between... Trestle and Herb, that was Luke Fickle in that one year. In 2011, I believe it was, and they were 6-6. Six and six, and it was just a crazy season, but
3: would Ohio State go to him at
6: that point? I mean, 100% they would,
3: 100%. This is absolutely fascinating conversation. Hey, Matt, would you mind sticking around? i got to take a break here in about a minute, but I'd love to get your thoughts on college football, the bowl season, and everything uh, beyond. Do you mind hanging out with me? No, not at all. That's my guy. All right, Matt Hayes will be back with us uh, very quickly. We do want to update – A couple of the bowl games going on right now. I mentioned that BYU got off the deck. They were down 14-0. They are now in the red zone of Bill Clark and the Blazers down 14-7. So that game for those in-game bettors there, if you got on BYU when they were down 14-0, maybe you're feeling a little bit better about your prospects here. They're just outside the 10-yard line of UAB and also 19-17 right now. Fresno State uh, still with that lead, but again, you see now BYU back to being the favorite at one and a half, and you see Fresno State with a nineteen seventeen lead. They are six and a half point in game favorites right now over the minors of UTEP. Don't go anywhere. Matt Hay is going to come back, talk some more college football right here on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
1: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any pro football game, and if any team scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code v 200 when you make your very first bet. Enjoy football like never before. BetMGM special offers all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code v 200 to win $200 in free bets if any team simply scores a touchdown. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire in 7 days from issuance please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada Wes Reynolds will be joining me here shortly here at Circus Sportsbook but it is a pleasure to welcome back Matt Hayes of course XL Primetime college football analyst you got to follow Matt on Twitter, as I do, a very entertaining follow at Matt Hayes CFB. Let's talk some more college football, Matt. And I look at it and I go, one, I hope that everybody is safe and healthy, and we get these bowl games to go off without a hitch. I'm trying to find some wood to knock on. But Matt, if we get right. if we get the college football playoff uh, the way that we have it right now, it looks pretty intriguing to me. Even though we have two massive favorites. And first of all, before we break down these games. I am in the no-expansion camp. Four is enough. Have we ever had a season, Matt, that you've been covering college football that you went, you know what? Since the advent of the playoff, we did not get it right, and the best team did not win the college football playoff.
6: I I don't think that's happened, but, I mean, are you going to ask me, could there be intriguing games that maybe there might be an upset? Had there been a a 12-team playoff over the last, what, seven years of the playoff? Yeah, I think there could have been. Sure, I think there could have been. I mean, just a few years ago when Notre Dame got in instead of Georgia. Georgia had two losses. But Georgia clearly was better than probably two of the four teams and didn't get in. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think you could have some upsets. That's the problem, Dave. The biggest problem of the the playoff right now is you're not seeing upsets in the semifinals. The semifinals are all blowouts. You're not seeing any good games. So I think if you add games, you're probably going to see the odds are you're going to see better games because the first rounds will be on campus which will inherently make them better games. And, and then I think you'll see upsets. And that's the big thing. I think they need more upsets in their postseason right now. If there's one thing that's hurting college football right now, because it's such a great game as far as the every game matters mantra, which it does. And, you know, I know people say, well, when you go 12 games, every game's not going to matter. Well, I mean, to an extent, some, yes. But there will also be November games that are huge to get into that playoff. Mm. So it'll still be that. It'll still be that that intensity. But when you get to those – Those first-round games in a 12-team playoff, that's going to be fun as hell, Dave. That You're going to to see some upsets. You're going to see some wild atmospheres, which I think, Dave, it's really lacking right now because those three games in the playoff now, they're all at neutral sites. I don't think you see the crazy atmospheres like you see in the on-campus games, and I think it'll change a little bit.
3: Well, I, I think you're right that I'm going to be the old man yelling at the clouds saying, don't change it. It's going to change it's already I'm, I was for the playoff system I was all for the change from the BCS to this I think they've gotten it right but I, I'm not naive enough to think that obviously there's gonna be big bucks in it uh for the university so I do think expansion will be coming eventually before James. this year yes Matt. yes sir. no
6: no matter what happens with the you know the three the temper tantrum, temper tantrums from the big 12 big 12 uh big <laughs> 10 excuse me ACC <laughs> and the pac 12 no matter how long they tantrum it will be a 12 team playoff that's no. it, period. Because at the end of the day, those three those three conferences cannot turn away from half a billion dollars a year. They're not that dumb.
3: You're right about that. It's coming, people. Whether I want it or not, whether you want it or not, it is going to be a reality in college football. Uh, Matt, I'm looking at a couple subtle line changes here for the big uh, two games here in the national semifinal. Remember, this game for Michigan and Georgia was up around 8, 8.5. Whoa, I'm seeing some sevens here. So it looks like the are fighting Harv's are taking some money. You know how I feel about Jim Harbaugh. You know how I feel about this football team, and we've talked a lot about it throughout the year here at Bredding Across America. I've been a big backer of Harv's this year. He's been cashing tickets all year, been great ATS, and now the money's coming in on Michigan. Is this the right money move, in your opinion?
6: Yeah, I think they'll make it closer than than people think. I think it's, it's, it's kind of like people say, well, it's the SEC, and we've seen what the SEC does in the playoff, and we've seen what the Big Ten does in the playoff, so people are naturally going on that and I understand that. But this Michigan defense is really good. I mean, they're really good. They may not be that fast on offense and they may be limited at quarterback with McNamara. But defensively, they're pretty good. They're good enough, I think, to cause Georgia problems, specifically to force Stetson Bennett to make a third and make a play. And Stetson Bennett is not good in third and make a play. And if and if Michigan can rush on the outside like they have all season and get a little pressure, I mean, you might see JT Daniels in that game eventually for Georgia quarterback. I I still think Georgia's going to win the game, but you might see a quarterback change. I mean, Kirby Smart might even be forced to get off the idea that he can win a championship with Stetson Bennett, which we all know he can't.
3: Well, okay, wait, 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 wait. That changes everything, right? Just like Herb getting fired and I got Houston at a a bad number in a row. You really think that that they could go to JT at, at some point in this game? if Stetson Bennett looks – I don't know if Stetson Bennett was the reason why they lost the SEC title game, but you really think that that's something internally Georgia is discussing?
6: Well, let's go over Stetson Bennett in the SEC championship game, which everybody's raving about his great performance, okay? He almost threw a pick six on the first play of the game, Dave. He also threw a pick six. His three touchdown passes, all right, one was a slip screen where McConkie took it for 30 yards after catching it behind the line of scrimmage. One was a twenty-something yard pass to Brock Bowers, the best tight end in all of college football, who somehow was not on the Mackey Award list as the best tight end. He took a little pass, three yards past the line of scrimmage, and ran over three guys and got in the, and got in the end zone. And the other one was a jump ball to a six-foot-six tight end on a five-foot-eleven linebacker. Those were his three "quote-unquote" touchdown passes, Dave. And a lot of those third-and-make-a-play situations, Stetson Bennett was nowhere to be found. So you know how he made a play. He made a play because he escapes, the, he escapes the pocket and runs for 10 or 11 or 12 yards and gets the first down. Now, I get it. Those are all the lost run plays, and those, those are critical plays. I get that. But eventually, like Alabama did, eventually you'll put a spy on him, and eventually those little lost yards plays will not happen anymore. And then you're going to put it on Stetson Bennett's arm, and then that's when they've got problems. He's not a true thrower. JT Daniels is a true thrower. JT Daniels is a guy who will play in the NFL. Eventually... They're going to have to go to him if they want to win the national championship. And I still think Georgia has the team to win a national championship, but they're not winning one with Stetson Bennett. They absolutely are not winning one with him.
3: Let's flip the script to the other game here, Cincinnati against Alabama. This game, game was right around 13-and-a-half, and I am seeing some money come in on Alabama, something Wes Reynolds and I discussed when this line first came out, that if you're a Bearcat backer like I'm going to be, then you wait on this number, Matt, and wait that it gets over fourteen. Is this legit a two touchdown underdog in your eyes, or do you think that the Bearcats and their defense maybe people are sleeping on, might be able to keep this thing a little bit closer? Tell
6: me you're not a bit. Tell me you're not looking at that line thinking you're gonna take it if it goes over fourteen.
3: Yes. How many you
6: haven't looked over the Dave, over the yes. last three or four years, when the Alabama's playing SEC teams that are much more talented than Cincinnati? and they're giving up 17, 19, 21, 23, and they're covering, 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 covering.
3: You're suddenly going to take Cincinnati in 13 and a half? I'm not I'm, taking, Seriously? I'm waiting. Matt, it's going to get over 14, right? The money's got to come in on the Crimson Tide eventually. So once it gets hey, to 14 and a half, I, I go Bearcats.
6: We are literally dealing with this. Death taxes, Bama covering.
3: I don't know why every I don't know why this is so weird
6: for everyone. Seriously. <laughs> Death taxes, Alabama covers. They cover. Not only that, it's you're talking about it. Okay, do we have to go over this whole Navy Tulsa-Tulane thing? Do we gotta go over this again with Cincinnati? No. Do we have to talk again about how Cincinnati should not be there? Do we have to talk again that if we had a 12-team playoff right now, Utah might beat Cincinnati by three touchdowns? Do we need to go over that? Wait, 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 wait. we just all sit here and just say Alabama's going to win that game and they'll cover?
3: You really don't think Cincinnati deserves to be there? No, of course not. Dave, come on. They won a – they had a good
6: win on the road against Notre Dame. Who, Oh, by the way, Dave, they didn't beat anybody all season, Notre Dame. Mm. All season, beat no one. Cincinnati gets that win and goes through the American Conference, which is an absolute laugher, that conference. So – You can say they're unbeaten and they're unbeaten. They deserve the spot. They don't deserve the spot. Stop it. They don't. Okay. okay? And if it was a 12-team playoff, we see that because a Pac-12
3: champ like Utah, who's playing as well as anyone right now, would just roll them, Dave. Roll them. Very quickly. If it holds the way you say, and Georgia and Alabama play, I've got about 30 seconds to go here. Right now, I'm already seeing some numbers. Georgia would be a two-point favorite over Alabama. Did they not watch the SEC title game? I have no idea. Maybe, hey, maybe they think what I'm saying. J T. Daniels is going to come in in the second half and
6: and lead a comeback against Michigan. Then you've got J T. Daniels on your start in that game. Then it's a different story. I, I no, honestly, I have no idea why they think that. I have no idea why anyone could watch that game and think Georgia is going to be the favorite in that in that rematch.
3: Very quickly, is there any chance for Michigan plus 700 to win the national championship, or am I just throwing away some cash? you keep throwing away money, man. I'm,
6: I'm not – look, here's what it is. In big games like that, I always believe best quarterback wins, and McNamara's not going to be the best quarterback in the field in either one of those two games.
3: I really enjoy having Matt Hayes on the program. Got to follow him at Matt Hayes at CFB. Matt, enjoy the games. We'll catch up again soon, my friend. Okay, brother. We're back here on v the sports betting network.